We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman, and we have a great show for you tonight, uh, talking about how Indiana is ranked for the first time since 1994, heading to Penn State on Saturday for a noon kickoff against the Nittany Lions. Uh, but first, a word from our partners over at Manscaped. Support for Armchair comes from Manscaped, who's number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has uh, proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping uh, accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use the same trimmer on your face that you're using down below. That's just na- nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing uh, deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. You'll thank yourself. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair. That is A-R-A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And they have great stuff. They sent us uh, some samples. Uh, Really cool uh, bag it comes in as well. Uh, But now we welcome in TJ Inman. TJ, a big weekend for the Hoosiers who did not play. Uh, Yesterday it came out that they were ranked 25th in the coaches poll and 24th in the Associated Press poll. Uh, We'll see where they come out in the college football playoff poll. On Tuesday, uh, probably somewhere uh, between 24 and 25, uh, I believe, if if uh, if that holds true. But just how important is it, and how how much celebrating should IU fans do, being ranked for the first time since 1994? Well, yeah, I I do think it's worth uh, it's, I do think it's worth celebrating. I do think it's worth um, you know pointing out that look, this is Indiana football, the players and the staff uh, being recognized for what they have accomplished so far this season. Um, is it anything to say, look, we've made it, yay, uh, you know, work done or mission accomplished? No, uh, certainly not. But is it is it worth looking at and saying, look what we've accomplished? Other people are, are recognizing this and, and, you know, understanding that good things are happening here and that improvement has taken place, um, definitely. You know, I think it's something to really be proud of for the players and the 
the coaches to, to get Indiana football into the polls for the first time since 1994, uh, you know, that that's worth celebrating. And it's not, it doesn't mean that uh, your work is done. It doesn't mean you've arrived as a program. Uh, but I, I definitely think it shows tangible progress is being recognized by, you know, outside forces that, uh, you know, I, I was mentioned in one of our group texts, I think that, um, look, this is not just, you know, us drinking Kool-Aid and try, pumping positivity all the time. You know, other people that have no stake in Indiana football succeeding, other people are, are saying, look, good work is being done there. Yeah, and, and it's definitely something that Indiana should – you should celebrate it, but you can't get caught up in it. Um, right. You're going to Penn State this week. They're ranked, uh, I think, ninth in the AP poll uh, – and 11th in the coaches poll, and they were ranked fourth um, in the college football poll, but that hasn't been released yet this week. Uh, They're sure to be uh, down after uh, losing to uh, Minnesota. And what was a a great weekend of college football? Talk about your all-time, thank goodness IU's not playing this week. Uh, Just a lot of great games on Saturday. You had LSU, Alabama, Alabama. Illinois had a 25-point comeback against Michigan State. You had the the Penn State-Minnesota game. You had Oklahoma and uh, and Iowa State as well. And, and it was just uh, it, it was a really good weekend. But let's let's focus on Indiana traveling to Penn State. Uh, Penn State's eight and one now. Kickoff is at noon uh, on ABC. It's a place where Indiana has not won. They have not won at Beaver Stadium. The last time there, they they kind of uh, they didn't kind of, but they uh, they didn't come out well. They fell behind uh, four touchdowns early and just never recovered. And that's something Tom Allen said he hasn't talked with his team about uh, unless they had watched a press conference today. It's something that he wants flushed from from the memory. There's a lot of people who were on that team who are not on this team now. Um, and we'll see where they go. It's Peyton Ramsey's team now, and you saw what Tanner Morgan did to Penn State on Saturday, and a lot of those routes and offensive concepts are very similar to the offensive concepts that Indiana runs. Uh, now playing on the road is a lot different than playing at home, and but uh, Indiana could have some success on offense if they could get the uh, if they could get the protection that. Uh, that they had, uh, you know, that, that they've had over the last couple weeks, um, protecting the quarterback and, and running the ball. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this matchup at, at Penn State, TJ? I mean, initially, I would like to point out, you know, I, I will certainly admit when I'm wrong. Uh, I was wrong about Minnesota. Uh, I did not expect them to to win that game, particularly in the fashion that they did. Uh, so that was incredibly impressive and. You know, I, I was aware of how talented their skill players were. I did not think that they'd be able to handle Penn State in the trenches as they did. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, uh, Austin Bell, and then their running back trio. Uh, that is right up there with any skill position group that you're going to find in the Big Ten. Um, and then Tanner Morgan, incredibly impressive quarterback, uh, very accurate, um, very intelligent with his decision-making I thought he played a wonderful game. And then, you know, Minnesota, uh, it should be pointed out that 
while they did put up a lot of yardage, uh, still only three yards per carry against that Penn State uh, run defense. So I think that's going to be a, a big challenge for Indiana is staying balanced because Minnesota did stay committed to the run even when it wasn't being all that successful. They stayed committed to it because they were getting enough that it was not putting them behind the chains. Uh, they were still staying on schedule. Uh, and it allowed them to be effective through the air. Um, so I think that's going to be important for the Hoosiers to, to stay committed to running the ball despite uh, what is going to be some difficulty doing so. Uh, if they can do anything better than three yards per carry, I do think that it's going to be a, a big deal for the Hoosiers to be able to, you know, keep that passing game uh, or keep Penn State's defense honest. Um, I, one thing that does concern me a little bit is what happens when Penn State takes Watt Fillier away. Uh, because I do think that they'll be able to do that. Can Donovan Hale and Nick Westbrook and Ty Freifogel, Peyton Hendershot, can they do what Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson did for Minnesota. Uh, are they able to, to make those plays? Because some of those plays that they made, those were just great catches, great individual plays made by really good players. Uh, and Indiana's receivers yep. are going to have to do that. Um, on the other side of the ball, I was not surprised by any of that. You know, Penn State, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's it's K.J. Hamler and uh, Fryer Moose and then Honestly, I'm, I'm not impressed by a whole lot else. Um, I do think that their running backs are serviceable and pretty good, um, but I don't think that they're exceptional by any means. I don't think they have any game changers necessarily. Uh, I think they're just very solid running backs. Um, and then the, the rest of their receiving core, uh, they're they're still looking for somebody else besides uh, Hamler and Fryer to step up. And so far, I know they expect Shorter to be that guy, but so far it, it hasn't really happened. Yeah, it's it's a Penn State offense that could put up points, and, and Sean Clifford has been very, very good. But it's been two guys. If you've watched their games, it's been K.J. Hamler, who is very much like Wondell Robinson. He's a little fast guy who could break tackles, blow off the top of, uh, of the defense. Uh, it seems like all these guys, like Wapfield, they're all wearing number one. So if, if you see a receiver wearing number one, it's usually pretty good. Um, but ha- Hamler, you could expect to see Tywin Mullen on him um, and go everywhere yes. he goes. The matchup for me that's going to be difficult is is uh, is, Fire, is Friar Muth. And yep. Ke- does IU have that linebacker or that safety that could stay with him? Um, he's a tall guy. He might be too fast for a linebacker to cover, too big for safety to cover. I think Marcelino Ball needs to have a big game. Um, I, I think you also get a break that Cam Jones uh, is playing this entire game. Uh, he wasn't suspended for the first half. He's a guy that is your your most athletic linebacker. He can go and rush the quarterback. He can take guys in coverage. He's a sound tackler. He's the key to this defense on Saturday. And having him maybe 17 seconds away from being suspended for for the first half this week, um, 
having him uh, for the entire game is going to be huge because if you fall behind Penn State early, um, they're probably going to be out for blood. They they still have an outside shot uh, of getting to the Big Ten title game. They have to go, you know, they have to win this week against Indiana, and then they have to go to Ohio State, who is looking. You know, Ohio State is what what we we thought they were. They're world beaters, and they're beating the heck out of everybody. Um, so it's definitely going to be a, a game where Indiana has to show up early. It can't be one of these games uh, that we've seen in the past, and, and this fan fan base uh, is just – I feel like half of them are just waiting for the other shoe to drop still. And, and you know, if there's a repeat of history at Penn State and you fall behind by a couple touchdowns early – uh, it's a huge hole to get dig yourself out of. Now, look, if Indiana goes to Penn State and plays their eight game and loses, so what? Uh, it, it, you could call it a moral victory, call it whatever you want. If they go and play their eight game and Penn State plays their eight game, Penn State's probably going to win. They, they've been recruiting better for for years longer than IU. They're playing at home. That's that's just football. That's what happens. If Two teams play their A game. The team with the most talent is, is probably going to win. Um, but what I want to see at Indiana is, can you go on the road and play your A game from from kickoff uh, till that final whistle? And give it your best shot. If you come out of there and perform well, you get Michigan at home uh, the next week, and then you go to Purdue, you have all your goals are still on the table. Uh, uh, winning a bowl game and getting eight wins and and getting the bucket back and all those things. So I, I don't. It's not a meaningless loss because now now you have stakes. Now you're ranked. There's expectations and things like that. A loss would stink, uh, but it's a place Indiana's never won before, and, and you just look for them to play well. It, it's basically the ask: play well, play your game. Control what you can control, and, and let's see where the cards fall. And, and maybe Penn State is – you see everybody with their um, – uh, you know, I wish Penn State would have won and, and things like that. And now you get an angry Penn State team, and I don't really buy into that. Yeah, it would have been – look, going to the game would have been awesome if Penn State won that game. Now you're talking about a team who's fighting for the college football playoff and might be looking ahead to next week against Ohio State. Uh, but the atmosphere would have been so much different. Maybe now you got a noon, you got a noon kickoff. It's kind of the, the air gets sucked out of the balloon a little bit. You're coming off a really tough loss where Penn State didn't play that well. They turned the ball over three times. Uh, they let Minnesota throw the ball all over the yard. Um, Tanner Morgan was 18 to 20 for for 339 yards. Yes, his playmakers made plays, uh, but there, there were a lot of mistakes that Penn State made, including a muff punt by Hamler late in the game that cost them about 10 or 15 yards worth of field position, which came back in the end to bite them as, as they threw a red zone pick. But, you, you know, you don't know what you're going to get until you step on that field. You could get a really angry Penn State team. You could. But you could also get a Penn State team who, who's kind of flat, kind of deflated, uh, and, and in a – noon game atmosphere where, you know, nowadays in college football, the fans don't really show up on time for noon. 
Indiana's a chance to start fast and, and maybe control the ball game early uh, a little bit as well. Uh, TJ, let's quickly get into um, keys, keys to the game. What on you, you mentioned Indiana's playmakers outside of WAP have to make plays if they take WAP away. Mm-hmm. What else does Indiana have to do uh, to win this game? I think the first thing they have to do is maintain somewhat of a running game. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, you cannot give up on the run and just go completely to the pass. Uh, that's not going to be successful. Um, even if Penix was the quarterback, and it certainly won't be successful with Peyton Ramsey, a quarterback, uh, Ramsey needs to have an effective running game, and he needs to be part of it. Uh, if Indiana is going to beat Penn State, Ramsey's going to have to make some plays with his legs. That does not mean that you run read options constantly with him or anything like that, uh, but it means when plays break down, he's going to have to find a way to get first downs with his legs. Uh, Sean Clifford can do that very effectively, Penn State's quarterback. Uh, he actually has more run- rushing attempts than any single Penn State running back this season, which is a kind of an interesting statistic that largely just means, hey, Penn State spreads the ball around a lot as far as their running backs go. Uh, none of their running backs necessarily are a bell cow, but um, it, it also does mean that Clifford, you know, he runs the ball quite a bit. Uh, and Ramsey needs to be effective with his legs and, and pick his spots wisely uh, and pick up, you know, maybe on like third and six. Play breaks down instead of forcing it into coverage or throwing it away. You pick up a first down by getting eight yards with your legs. Plays like that are ones that are going to have to be made, and that's a part of the running game as well. Um I think the other kind of key for me, you mentioned starting fast, but I'm going to say uh, avoid getting into a situation where you're giving up a big run to Penn State. Uh, and I don't mean big run as in a single play, but a uh, big run as in a, you know, a scoring run for Penn State. Yep. Um, you cannot let kind of, let's say, Indiana gets a, a turnover, um, gives Penn State good field position. And then Penn State scores. And then Indiana gets a three and out. Give the ball back to Penn State, they score again. You, know, you cannot give up those huge momentum uh, plays to Penn State because that crowd will devour you. The atmosphere can devour you. Uh, we saw them avoid that against Nebraska, where it looked like Nebraska was going to get on one of those types of runs and bury the Hoosiers, but they turned the tide on them uh, and kept that at yeah. bay. They're going to have to do the same thing in state college. Yeah, outside of Ohio State, I think maybe a little bit yes. in the Michigan State game. IU really hasn't had that run, uh, you know, where where the opponent goes and gets you know fourteen or, or twenty one points in a row uh, to kind of bury them. You kind of had it in Nebraska early, but after that, mm-hmm. Indiana went on a I think it was a twenty two three run. Uh, or something like that, and they, they've been pretty good this season. And, yeah, you could say what you want to, uh, about the offenses that they, they face during this, uh, but they've avoided that, uh, that, to use a baseball, they've avoided the big inning um, and, right. you know, outside of the Ohio State game. So I think they've done a good job at that. Uh, for me, the key to the game is going gonna, is, is gonna to uh, be how the defense plays against uh, – Fryermuth and KJ Hamler. I think this Penn State offense goes as Hamler goes and Fryermuth goes. I was shocked that that Penn State did not use Fryermuth in the red zone 
mm-hmm. there in the, that last couple drives. Um, you, you know they're going to want to try and fix fix that, um, but it's can you make somebody else beat you? Beat you? Uh, they, they have talented guys. They're uh, they were in fourth in the in the college football playoff ranking for a reason. But make somebody else beat you. Don't let KJ Hamler or Pat Fryermuth beat you. It, it's kind of taken away. They're going to get theirs. You know, a little bit. They'll, they'll get some targets and get some catches and some yards, but avoid the 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 60-yard KJ Hamler over the top touchdown, uh, or scoring on a reverse, or the Pat Fryermuth 30-yard pass on on third down and and things like that. So make somebody else beat you. Make you know Sean Clifford. He's he's a really good quarterback. He's looked really good this season. He did look like he got banged up against Minnesota. He was. They were talking about in its hand uh, a little bit. So, you know, get after the quarterback. Make somebody else beat you other than Hamler and Fryermuth. And then on offense, uh, like you said, TJ, getting – it doesn't have to be 28 rushing plays to 28 passing plays, that kind of bounce offense, because that's not what this offense is. The strength of this offense is in the passing game, and then you, you run off of that. And they're not going to run – Peyton Ramsey on the read option 8,000 times because, well, now Penix is out for the year and, and you don't really have that insurance policy anymore. So no. throw the ball, use your weapons, loosen up that defense in the passing game. Then you could run Stevie Scott. Stevie Scott has also been very, very good in the passing game. Uh, and, and I'd like to see them use Ronnie Walker and Samson James a little bit more too. I know James has had his fumbling issues early in the season, um, but, you know, it's hard. He's a four-star guy, a lot of talent. Uh, there was talk in fall camp that he might eventually pass Stevie Scott, but Stevie Scott has really come on um, really well in the last couple, uh, you know, the last month or so. So it's you want a balanced offense, but you don't – it doesn't have to be 50-50. It, it could be use, use that pass to set up the run – and when you need to control the game, then, like at Nebraska, you run the ball with Stevie Scott, and, and maybe uh, you're in that position where you, you wear them down a little bit and uh, get those three big first downs to close it out. Uh, but what, what's your – we kind of talked about this too, uh, but before we get into predictions here, TJ, uh, what's your mm-hmm. matchup that you're watching uh, on the field on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to go um, – well, I think you can almost always say the line of the scrimmage, uh, but I do think it's particularly interesting because you have Indiana's offensive line, which I think has exceeded expectations this season. Um, some would say wildly exceeded expectations in, in some instances. Uh, I'm going to go to Hoosier's offensive line, going against Penn State's defensive line and linebackers uh, because they, they bring so much pressure at times. Uh, and they, they really do have a ton of talent in that front seven. I mean, Micah Parsons, Cam Brown, uh, I think that they've got uh, Jansen. Um, they have as good a linebackers as you're going to find in the Big Ten. Um, and then I, I think and the something defensive that nobody's line, talking about was Micah Parsons was out for the first couple drives against Minnesota. Right, right, yeah. 
Yeah, and for behavior adjustments is, I believe, what they called it on the broadcast. But um, I don't know how much his behavior is going to be adjusted by missing a couple of series. But um, I guess that's for Penn State to worry about. Um, they have as good a linebacker as you're going to find in the Big Ten. The defensive line, while not as talented as Ohio State's or even probably Michigan's, a lot of talent there as well. Uh, in Indiana, is going to be going to be tasked with trying to trying to open up enough of a running game to keep the defense honest and to keep the offense balanced and prevent Peyton Ramsey from getting into trouble. Uh, give him clean pockets for him to be able to make the plays in the passing game. Minnesota's offense did a really nice job of that. Uh, you know, your quarterback can be really good, but if he doesn't have a pocket to throw from, he's going to struggle. And they gave Tanner Morgan a, a pocket to throw from so that he could exploit the matchups that they had in the secondary. Uh, so that's what I'm going to go with is Indiana's offensive line against uh, Penn State's front seven. Yeah, I'm going to go the op- opposite. I'm going to go Indiana's uh, front seven uh, against Penn State's offensive line. Uh, you saw Clifford struggled with pressure in his face. Um, how ca- are they going to blitz Cam Jones? Are they going to bring pressure? Uh, are they going to double team people? You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Indiana does, but they need to get pressure on Sean Clifford. If they don't get pressure on the quarterback, he can sit back there and pick you apart. I don't care if you have your immediate wide receiver. If you give a guy, you know, 10 seconds back there, he's going to put the ball uh, where one of his teammates could catch it. Uh, so getting after them, uh, the defensive line has really played well the last couple weeks, uh, especially against Northwestern. They, they seem to be playing with an edge. It's been a staple of these Mark Hagan coach defensive lines that they get uh, a better performance. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a, their sum is greater than their parts. And yeah. it's a different guy kind of each week. But now you see, you know, Jonathan King made a play last uh, last game, forcing a fumble. James Head has been making plays. You had Alan Stallings and Alfred Bryant making plays. Jerome Johnson has been solid. Uh, CO has been solid. Uh, and Demarcus Elliott, a guy who really, really started playing well at the beginning of the year, um, his name hasn't been called as often, but he's been solid all year as well. Uh, so this Indiana front seven, Raquan Jones has to get after it as well. Uh, the the two Jones linebackers uh, need to be all over the field, and and that's breaking up passes, making tackles, and getting after the quarterback. Because if you give Sean Clifford time, he's going to pick you apart. Um, so that's my matchup to watch. TJ predictions before we get out of here. Well. Uh... Uh, you're going to hear a lot about Indiana's never won at Penn State. Indiana's never won in State College. Uh, last time Indiana beat a top ten team on the road. It's a lot of that type of talk, and uh, you know that's all. They will be facts. They will be true. Um, none of it really matters. I don't think any of it applies to this year's Indiana team and or this year's Penn State team. So I'm not making this pick based on historical precedent. Uh, However, I am going to make a pick for Penn State based on um, just how I feel about this year's actual matchup. Uh, I do think Penn State is is the better team. Um, I I do think that Indiana is going to play well. I don't think it will be quite well enough uh, to get the win 
in-state college, but I do think Indiana is quite competitive uh, and leaves us feeling pretty good about things moving forward uh, at, at seven and three, hosting Michigan and taking on Purdue. Um, you know, I, I think the Hoosiers will do well enough uh, offensively to, to stay competitive in this one, but I think the defense struggles to, uh, to keep Penn State from, from scoring. Uh, so I'm going to go Penn State winning this game 34-27, to 34-27 in favor of the Nittany Lions. Ooh, that's um, that's closer and, and, and than I than I think I I picked. Um, now I I do I do think Penn State's going to to be comfortably ahead in this one. I don't think it's going to be one where you know IU had the chance to win at the end. I, I think Penn State um, is one of those games where they're up by you know ten, fourteen, seven, something like that the entire way. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I was going to go at Penn State 38, Indiana 24. Um, I think Indiana's going to give it their, you know, have a good performance. It's just that their A performance might not be enough if Penn State gives their, right. you know, a B-plus performance or better. Now, look, I'd love to be wrong. Um, oh, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's a tough, tough ask uh, to go there. Just play well. Don't cough up fumbles, don't cough up kickoff returns for a touchdown, don't let, uh, you know, the running back throw for touchdowns and, and things like that. Just go out there, play your best, and, and, and roll the dice and see where they land. Look, if, if seven and three is still a, a great spot to be at with, with Michigan uh, coming in the week after, um, it's been a fantastic season. This this win does not nullify anything, or this loss would not nullify anything uh, that Indiana has done this season to this point. Uh, people are gonna people are gonna knock Indiana's schedule. Well, guess what? You can't control who you play in conference. You can't control that Rutgers is a tire fire and Northwestern is having a historically bad season. You just can't control that. That's luck of the draw. They did a smart thing with scheduling Ball State, Connecticut, and Eastern Illinois. That's what you're supposed to do with the building program. Fans can complain about all that want you want. Well, guess what? If you don't sell out the Michigan game, I don't really care uh, who you, you schedule because you're not coming out to see UConn or Eastern Illinois anyway. You're coming out to see your IU team. Uh, so they do a really good job to get those three wins. You've got to find three wins in conference. They found four. Uh, and now you got to move on. Now you got to see what they're going to do with this recruiting class, which is probably going to be a smaller class uh, since they have a lot of underclassmen and not a lot of attrition. Uh, and then see, see how much other stuff you could do. Are, are you going to, uh, you know, a few more facility upgrades? Uh, what bowl game are you going to go to? All those things. So this, in the, the grand scheme of things, a win would be awesome. A loss does not really damage you might fall out of the top 25 if if other teams win you might stay in it if you play well um but you know what that streak was over and that streak was i think 13 years longer than the next streak um the next longest streak which is you know coincidentally purdue which is kind of a, a added bonus to breaking that streak uh but it was 13 years longer it's about time that streak ended 
uh, and they're checking off boxes, TJ, that haven't been checked off in decades, and that's that's where this program is at. They're winning games that they're supposed to win. Uh, we'll see if they could – this would be a, an historic win on the road. We'll see if they're at that point yet. But rolling in to senior day at 7-3, and three, uh, you should feel pretty good about that. So, TJ, thanks for joining me. Stay warm on this snowy night, and good luck getting your kids to bed. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'll need more luck doing that than I you will at Penn State. So, yeah, I think the line would be uh, TJ plus about 500. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you. Have a good week, everybody. All right. That does it for the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can listen on iTunes and Armchair Sports Network. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. You can come back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football coverage. Uh, as always, Indiana kicks off at Penn State at noon on ABC in Happy Valley this weekend. Uh, they, before returning home for Senior Day, they take on Michigan. It'll be a 3.30 kick on either ABC or ESPN. Uh, outside of that, we're in the final quarter of the regular season. Uh, and thanks for joining us uh, throughout this. It's been a really fun journey uh, this season. And I hope you're enjoying the ride as well. So thanks for joining us. Stay safe on these snowy roads and enjoy the rest of the week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. 
BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.